1, Acts chapter number 1. How many of y'all are glad to be saved? All right. Man, it is good to be in the house of the Lord. Somebody remind me as soon as we get through tonight to announce about the, you're my perfect, you're going to remind me, to announce about the Israel trip if they did not pick up their packet. There you go. There you go. Uh, we've got the packets for the Israel trip, uh, for the January trip, and also the December trip. They'll be at 411. So if you leave, you haven't got that yet, and you're planning on going, please stop by and pick that up. All right. Are you glad to be saved? Amen. Amen. Let's look in Acts chapter number 1, and uh, we'll read just a few verses, probably down to about verse 11, and then we'll jump into our, our intro lesson tonight. Uh, the beginning of the book of Acts. Man, I'm excited. This is a great book. It's probably one of my most favorite books in the Bible. Uh, it's full of action. Uh, you get to see uh, uh, in living color the way the church was, was, was just kicked off from the beginning in the early church. It is really, really cool. So let's jump right into it. Verse 1. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them. Say that with me. Say it again. Now, if he's commanding, how, much, how many of y'all think that's pretty important? It's a commandment, not a suggestion, a commandment. Commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be, ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the word Thank you for the scriptures you've given us to edify us and encourage us and inform us. Lord, I pray that we'll be educated tonight. I pray we'll be edified tonight. I pray that we'll be encouraged and, and set on fire to take the gospel to every creature. Lord, I pray that your perfect will be done. Use your word to convict us. Use your word to challenge us. Uh, Lord, use your word to direct us tonight. And God will thank you and praise you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. As an introduction, let's just talk about a, a, a few things before we get into the, the, the outline part of the, the teaching tonight. Uh, as far as the author goes, we know he is Luke the physician. 
who also authored the book of Luke. So when you come through the Gospels, you'll find Matthew, Mark, Luke. That's the same author of the book of Acts. He was a traveling companion of uh, the Apostle Paul, and he was believed to be a Gentile. The key thing, the key thing that you're going to see through this, and, and by the way, by the way, maybe put this over top, uh, put this over top of the lesson. Uh, Acts is a historical book. Write that so you'll know Acts is a historical book. We have the Gospels, and then we have a transition from, from the Gospels and our church doctrine in the epistles of Paul with the book of Acts. It's planted right in between. In other words, so we'll know how the gospel got from Jerusalem to Rome. Amen? It is a historical book. And the reason I'm emphasizing that is we don't take doctrine out of historical books. Now, that is very important for us to get. There is a lot of false doctrine that's being taught in in different denominations because they try to take teaching on how to do something out of the book of Acts when it is a transitional book It is a historical book transitioning from God operating primarily with the Jews to the rest of the world, and we'll see that as we go through it. But we take our doctrine of operation for the church through the epistles. But this is a historical book. It's also a transitional book. You can put that word also with that sentence, a transitional book, and we'll we'll explain more as we go along. But the key theme, the key theme of the book of Acts is the expansion of the church in the world. The expansion of the church in the world. The key verse, Acts 1-8, everybody should memorize this. This is your homework. This is your homework. You didn't know you was getting that when you came, but you got homework. Say amen. amen. Acts 1-8, every born-again child of God should know this verse. It is your responsibility. It is your command. It is your purpose. But listen, it says this. But ye shall receive power. Come on. Ye shall receive after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be, ye shall be, all right, you're going to receive power. And with that power, you're going to be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Basically, everywhere. Say amen. Now, the primary characters, the primary characters, we're going to see different people in there. We'll see James and uh, 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 different uh, of the disciples, but, but the primary characters are two. That would be Peter and the Apostle Paul, all right? We're going to see those are the main characters of this story, this historical book. Now, Theophilus, who he's writing a letter to in verse number one, it is widely believed that because of the way he was addressed in the book of Luke, Uh, that most excellent Theophilus, that he was a high Roman official and a believer or one that was interested in becoming a Christian. His name means friend of God. This is who Luke is writing primarily to. All right, now let's look at the main purpose. Let's look at the main purpose, which goes with the theme, okay? Given the emphasis on the unity of the church in chapters 2, 4, 15, and 20, and its expansion from Jerusalem to Rome, In other words, we begin in Jerusalem and we end up in Rome at the end of the book. Is everybody with me? Say amen. That's what that means. By the time we get to the end, we're going to have Paul in Rome and and waiting to die, basically. All right? Uh, uh, He's going to be in Rome 
And we may see that, or, or we may say that Luke's purpose was to demonstrate to Theophilus the sovereign, unified, and unmitigated advance of the gospel into all the world. From Jerusalem to Rome, there are seven progress reports, all right? There are seven progress reports on the unity and advance of the church that further confirm this. And we'll look at these here in just a moment, all right? Now let's look. We've got the verses right there in front of you. Let's look at these progress reports and how how the church exploded and went forth into all the world uh, and getting from Jerusalem to Rome. Acts 2.47, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church... And the Lord added to the church such as should be saved. In other words, all those being saved. This was in Jerusalem. This is in chapter number 2. All right? Then we see in Acts 6. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. All right? So we see another progress report. Progress report number 3. Acts 9.31. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were what? Multiplied. Multiplied. Acts 12, 24. But the word of God grew and what? Multiplied. Acts 16, 5. And so were the churches established in the faith. And what did they do? Increase in number how? Daily. Daily. Daily, do y'all see a pattern here? This is, this is important that we understand this. All right, then we see in, verse, in Acts 19, 20, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Acts 28, 30, and Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man Forbidding him. This was why he was under house arrest. Uh, now, now here's the here's the here's what I want you to understand. You see several words over and over through these progress reports: multiplied, increasing, daily. Uh, we see the word of God was it, it just exploded. It just exploded from the point of Pentecost all the way through till Paul got to Rome. And and and, and this is what I want us to understand. If we're doing what we are supposed to be doing, we're going to multiply and we're going to increase and we're going to spread the gospel all over Coleman. The churches should not be stagnant. They should not be plateaued. They surely shouldn't be dying because God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. What was happening? They experienced God's power. What was happening? With that power, they were witnesses unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And while they were witnessing, people were getting saved. And because people were getting saved, the word multiplied. Now, what's the problem? Churches are not multiplying. The word of God is not increasing. Matter of fact, every major denomination in America is declining. Why? Is it that God has lost his power? Is it that we don't have the purpose anymore? We don't have that responsibility anymore? I will suggest to you that we still have power. We still have the Holy Ghost because if you have the Holy Ghost, you have power, but we're not using that power to be a witness unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is sad. This is sad. It shouldn't be that way. I, I, I want you to know, I want you to know, uh, we, we, we have started the DMD ministry, Disciples Making Disciples. 
And a lot of what we're going to talk about today is what we're focusing on. We're not just talking about it, we're doing it. And we're practicing it. And we're holding each other accountable for this. And guess what's happening? People are getting saved. We've had probably four or five, maybe six. I don't know what the total count is. uh, Since we have started this and sharing our faith regularly and praying that God would lead us to the person who needs to hear the gospel, people are getting saved. What does that tell me? This is not broke. We are. And it shouldn't, be, it shouldn't be 21 people in a DMD class is doing this. The whole church should be doing this. This commission is given to every disciple. If you are a believer, you are a disciple. I heard somebody make this comment. Somebody, somebody suggested to me that, that the Great Commission was just given to the evangelists. In other words, the only people that witness are those who have the gift of evangelism. That is baloney. That is not accurate. That is not true. These were fishermen. These were people of all sorts. They were common people. They were people from every walk of life. But guess what? They turned the world upside down because it wasn't the gift of evangelism in them. It was the gift of the Holy Ghost in them. And with the Holy Ghost, they had power. We all have this responsibility. Now, we see, the, we see the book of Acts as this expansion, this explosion, uh, uh, the word getting out. Now, now, some call the book of Acts a sequel or a continuation of the book of Luke. So if you'd like to uh, uh, do a little further investigation, you can go home this week and, and, and read through the book of Luke and then go right into the book of Acts as we go through it. Uh, this book is one of the most exciting in the Bible. I, I've already said that. It's my, one of my favorite. It records the actions of the early church, the apostles, and explains the mystery of the church and also how the gospel got to Rome. The first half of the book deals with the ministry of Peter and the second half primarily deals with the ministry of Paul. So let's, as we're still in the intro, we'll get to the outline in just a minute and we'll, we'll preach and teach a little bit, okay? Uh, now, turn your page over, turn your page over. We, we're going to look at two people's ministry, the ministry of Peter, the apostle Peter. Most of y'all remember him, uh, and you'll see things come, come to life. Uh, how many of y'all remember when, when Peter uh, uh, was, was with the Lord Jesus Christ? He was very impulsive. Uh, uh, he, was, he, he, was, he was very energetic. He wanted to do something. He was always, but the thing is, sometimes he let his, he let his mouth override his brain. Say amen. amen. How many of y'all have ever had that problem? I'm telling you, I'm, I, I got a good running mouth, and sometimes it just runs faster than my brain can operate. Say amen. That's Peter. He, he was that way. Uh, and, but there were times he, he, he messed up real bad, but then there were times he done real good. He was asked by the Lord. He was asked by the Lord, whom do men say that I am? And some, some said, thou art Elias. Some think you're Elijah. Some think you're John the Baptist come back from the dead. He said, well, who do you think I am? And Peter steps up. Man, he was the first to speak, first to respond, first to react. He said, we believe that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And oh, Jesus was pleased with that answer because it was the correct answer. He said, flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my father which is in heaven unto thee. Now, this is important. I'm not running a rabbit here. I'm not just quoting scripture. This is important because you'll see it in a minute. He said, unto thee, I give the keys of the kingdom. What you shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. What you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. He gives him the keys. And guess what we see? 
As we go through the book of, of Acts, we'll find out that in Acts chapter number 2, he unlocked the door of salvation to the Jews on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter number 8, he unlocks the door uh, for the, the Samaritans, which were half Jew and half Gentile. And then Acts chapter number 10 with Cornelius, he's unlocking the door of salvation for the Gentile, full-blooded Gentile. Do y'all see what's happening? There is a transition here. The gospel is going from the Jew to the half Jew and half Gentile, to the Gentile. And who's responsible? Who is mainly being used to do this? You know what that, how, how encouraging that is to me? You can be a moron sometimes and be used greatly by God. There are times that Peter put his foot in his mouth all the way to the kneecap. Oh, you shouldn't talk like that. Well, Jesus called him a devil one time. Did he not? Get thee behind me. Okay? But man, did God use him. He used him in an incredible way, and we're going to see that in just a minute. Now, all right? The ministry of Peter's chapters 1 through 12, okay? Now, A, if you're taking notes, write this down. Jerusalem is the center of operations, okay? Jerusalem is the center of operations. In Peter's ministry, we, we, know, we know he went to the Samaritans and we know he went to the Gentile there with Cornelius, but his ministry was primarily to Israel, all right? Primarily to Israel. Now, I'm seeing a bunch of funny faces. Is that not what's in your notes? I gave y'all the wrong one. Y'all are cheating. And nobody said a word. Pass them all the front. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't, don't do that. I cannot believe I did that. I made y'all's copy and I printed off y'all's for mine. So there's no blanks on there. Bunch of lazy people. Well, let's just follow the notes then, amen. Amen. Well, I knew y'all was tired and I was giving y'all a break tonight. All right, either way, either way. Just act like you just write something and make me think you're taking notes, all right? All right, his, his, his ministry is primarily... To Israel. Now, the, the, the ministry of Paul, that's chapters 13 through 28. All right? Assyrian Antioch is the center of operations. All right? He is an Antioch. Uh, and by the way, that's where they were first called Christians also. All right? So Paul takes over. Paul takes over and he becomes the, the main uh, 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 actor in the drama, if you will. He's the main character in, in the operations they're sending. And by the way, Antioch is where they first sent out missionaries also. So... Ministry primarily to the Gentiles, the Gentiles, okay? Now, here's some, here's some application points. Here's what we got to get. Uh, Acts 1-8, Acts 1-8. This is, so, this is so important that we get this. I, I, I'm telling you, I, 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 can't, I, can't even, I can't even tell you what this class has done for me or what this ministry, class ministry, whatever you want to call it, uh, DMD. We are forcing each other and holding each other accountable to share our faith and, and to, 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 to witness and to spread the gospel. 
and, it's, and, and people are getting saved. I mean, what a novel idea. Just do what God says. Amen. It's amazing. It works. Amen. I, I have explan, exponentially, exponentially increased. I, I don't, it doesn't matter where I go now. It doesn't matter who I see. And, and I, I'm, I'm running into people. I'm running. I told you the other day. That, that, that Friday, I, I asked this woman, ma'am, do you know Christ? And she said, preacher, we had this conversation two, two days ago. Amen. I had forgotten that that was the one in there. I, I thought I'd recognize her, but I was, was going to be sure. Amen. I didn't want to miss nobody. Uh, I, I witnessed to a, a young lady today, and, and, and I said, ma'am, do you get to go to church anywhere? She said, I, I've gone to temple before. I said, so you know me. <clears throat> I didn't recognize her, but she recognized me. Amen. And, and, and when she told me her name and how long I recognized who it was, and, and, and man, I, I'm telling you, this is, this is an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing when you share the gospel. It's an amazing thing. And, and it's also a heartbreaking thing when you see someone who doesn't know Christ, but, but they're, they're not in a place willing to go forward with it. It changes your mentality. Things that used to be important to you are not important anymore. Now, what becomes important? I'll tell you what's important to me. A little young lady named Anna, who was probably in her, her, her mid-20s or her low, low 20s, maybe high teens. I'm not sure. I met her at a, at a restaurant, and, and she said she didn't really know Christ. And, and so you know what I've been thinking about? I've been thinking about Anna. I've been thinking about myself. I've been thinking about my hobbies. I haven't been thinking about, listen, I haven't even been thinking about y'all. I've been thinking about a young lady who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ and I've been praying that God would save her and send somebody her way. Sometimes you can't share the whole gospel when they're, when they're busy and they're working because you don't want to be disrespectful of her employees. So, so you pray and say, man, I, I, Jesus loves you. And, 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 and by the way, we're working on materials right now, right now. This bothered me so bad. I, I called somebody and they gave me a great idea. Uh, uh, we've talked about our story and, and, and now I'm running rabbit, but that's okay. I'm going to run it, all right? This is on my heart right now. I, it, it, is a, it is where we can create our own track. How many of y'all know what a track is? A gospel track, right? And, and this one says my story. This, in other words, you're going to be able to type this in and, and, and put your story there in this track so that when you leave, you can say, hey, uh, I, I know you're working right now, but I, would you read this? This is, this is just my story. This is what happened to me. When you get a minute, uh, read this for me. And then it, it has the gospel in it. Man, isn't that great? That's an awesome deal. Listen, what is that for? It's so we can share the gospel. I know, I know what you're thinking. Preacher, there's a church on every corner. Yeah, but they're not doing anything. Coleman would be turned upside down if every Christian would do their job and witness. Amen. Listen, here's some things we need to know. This is really wigging me out that y'all ain't got blanks on your paper. Amen. <laughs> Number one. Christians have a, come on, Christians have a, your purpose is not uh, uh, plumbing, your purpose is not ditch digging, your purpose is not painting, your purpose is not uh, being a, a lawyer or a doctor or, or a clerk or a mechanic or, or, or a builder or a sheetrock man or, or whatever it is, all of that is secondary. Your number one purpose on this planet is being a witness to the Lord Jesus Christ. Your number one responsibility, your number one priority, your number one reason for being left on this planet 
You say, no, no, my number one purpose is to worship. You can do that in heaven. You can do that in heaven. Oh, no, my, my number one purpose uh, is, is to read and study. Well, when you get to heaven, that you won't need to do that because you'll already know everything. The one thing you can't do in heaven is witness to somebody. And do you realize that the only thing that you can take to heaven with you is somebody else? Your number one purpose, witness. Your number one priority, witness. Now, how many of y'all would agree that's what the Bible teaches? It's what he told him when he first met him. Follow me and I'll make you to become. When he left them, right when he left, he gave him the great commission and he said, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be. That's what he said, right? So how come we, we get wigged out over abortion? We get wigged out over uh, uh, shacking up. We get wigged out over homosexuality. We get wigged out and just put whatever sin you want to name there. But when nobody's witnessing, we don't have a problem with that. The main thing we're supposed to be doing. But nobody gets bugged about that. Nobody gets wigged out about that. That's a problem. That's why our country is in the toilet. There's no influence whatsoever. There's no influence whatsoever from the church in the world. But there's a whole lot of influence from the world into the church. We're the salt. But we ain't being too salty. Amen. All right. This is what you get for not having blanks. All right. Number one. Number one, Christians have a purpose. What is our purpose? Witnessing. Witnessing. Preacher, you trying to make me feel bad? Yes. Bad, guilty, shameful, whatever. I don't care. If it'll get you to witness, I'm in. I'm in. I am in. Number two, Christians. Now, this is is the good part. Because I know, I know, I know. I know some of y'all are shy. Some of y'all are, oh, I don't think I can do that. I can't do that. Uh, you know, there were several, there were several of us in, in, in uh, DMD uh, that the very first week, you know, we, we, we prayed that God would uh, help us to be bold and, and help us to witness. And, 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 and there was many that came back and testified, preacher, I, I knew I was supposed to. I knew I was, who I was supposed to do it with. And I chickened out. Multiple ones. Multiple ones. So, I, listen, I get it. I understand. I understand. There have been many times I, I've, I, I chickened out before. And we think we're in this all by ourselves. And when we hear the Great Commission to go into all the world and get the gospel to every creature, when there's, what, seven, what is it, seven billion people now? Seven billion people on this planet? Man, that seems intimidating, doesn't it? Oh, my goodness, how are we ever going to do that? I'll tell you how. We got help. We got help. Now, now go with me. It's not in your notes, but go with me to Matthew chapter 28. Quickly, quickly, turn with me to Matthew chapter number 28. This is important. Matthew 28. What do you think we're fixing to read? Everybody say it. Great commission. Great commission. Now, now, look in verse 18. Look in verse 18. When you get there, say amen. And Jesus. Okay, so who's speaking? Jesus. 
Jesus is speaking. Now watch what he says. All what? Power. All? How much of it? All of it. All power. All authority. Everything goes with that word. Has been given to me, Jesus says. In heaven and where else? In earth. Now he tells them what to do. Go ye. Now that's we know what the we know what the Great Commission is. Go make disciples. But then look at the end. Look at the end. And lo, and lo, I am. All right. Even unto the. All right. No matter where you go. Now that can mean that can mean to the end of the world till he comes back. I, I, I think it, it means to what he says in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, where he says, to the uttermost parts and, you know, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. I, I, I think he is saying, it don't matter where you go, I'm with you. I am with you. You are not on your own. You don't have to do this by yourself. You're you're not in this alone. You're not going. In other words, you don't have to try to figure out how to do it. You don't have to try to talk them into it. You don't have to go into this with your own power and your own ability and your own intellect because I have got all power. I have got all power. Not only do I have all power, I am going to be with you. Say amen. Are y'all with me? So, we have a purpose. Not only do we have a purpose, we have a? Come on. Person. Who is that person? The Holy Ghost, right? And we have number three. What do we have? Come on, say it. Power. Power. This is is the word dunamis. Dunamis. Where we get our word dynamite. And dynamo. And dynamic. Are y'all with me? All of those words are explosive. Say amen. I can see, I can see uh, Dr. Ed Maccabee using those terms because I had to hear him. It seemed like he used that every time he come and preach at camp meeting. Dunamis. We have dunamis. We have power. We have something inside of us that is dynamic. You have something that you haven't even tapped into yet. You have potential that you don't even realize that you have. The same power that brought Jesus out of the grave is in you to accomplish the purpose of the Great Commission and that is witnessing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Untouched power that you don't even realize you have. I saw... I saw a video of a guy that had a jackhammer. And it, in this video, they went down, and, and I can't remember whether it was a wall or a sidewalk. I, I'm thinking it was a wall, concrete wall or whatever. And it had debris. It had debris just scattered where this guy had been working with this jackhammer. And, and, and the guy doing the video and is showing you all this work that's been done, and then turns and, and, and on that video shows the guy with the jackhammer. And he's kind of snickering a little bit. And he says, show him how it's done, son. And he picks up, he doesn't even, he, he, he doesn't even plug it in. He takes the jackhammer and starts hitting the wall with it. 
And I'm talking about there is chips of concrete flying everywhere. And, and the guy videoing is laughing. He can't stop laughing. And the guy that's doing the, the, the work, he's thinking he's doing a great job. And he's wearing himself out with that jackhammer. Now, some of y'all are looking at me like you ain't ever seen a jackhammer. What, 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 what was the problem? He wasn't utilizing the power. I would hate to be the one to show him that plug in. What, what do you think that fella felt when that jackhammer came to life? Y'all laugh, but y'all ain't utilizing it either. We're, we're talking about a jackhammer. But you got something that, the power that spoke this world into existence. And you're, you're afraid to tell somebody about Jesus. It ain't so funny now, is it? We have that power. Unless the Bible's lying. I asked one person. I asked one person in DMD who had led somebody to Christ. I said, how'd you do it? This was a response. It was great. I don't know. <laughs> Amen? I don't know. And if he'd have said, let me tell you how I've done this, <clears throat> I would have thought, you know, you're lying. But when he said, man, I don't know, the words just came. Let me tell you what happened. You got plugged in. You have a purpose, guys. You have a person that's with you. And he's not just there. We all brag about the Holy Spirit and how he comforts us when we're scared and fearful. And all, and all that's great. And that's wonderful. And that he's our teacher and all that. But do you know the primary desire of the Holy Spirit is to magnify the Lord Jesus Christ? He will always point to Jesus. And he will always help us point others to. And all God's people say it. Now, now with that being said, with that being said, here's what I want you to understand. Here's what I want you to understand. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. Verse number, verse number four. Verse number four. When you get there, say amen. amen. And being assembled together with them. What's the next word? Amen. Come on. Amen. Say it again. Amen. Say it again. Amen. Commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. That is in reference to the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter number 2, when the Holy Spirit came and indwelled and filled the believers. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. In other words, they, they, they have been trained. 
They have gone through Bible college. They have gotten their diploma. Are y'all with me? Uh, They know what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to be fishers of men. They know where they're supposed to do it. They're supposed to take it to the ends of the earth. They're supposed to go to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, make disciples out of everybody. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. They know what they're supposed to do. But Jesus gives them some last-minute instructions. He said, go to Jerusalem. Don't go anywhere till you get the promise. Till the Holy Spirit comes upon you, do not start, do not go. So what is he telling them? Number one, this is what we need to remember. This is what we need to remember. And man, have we been focusing on this in DMD. Listen, before you go, don't go without God. Say it again. Come on. If you're going to witness to your family, if you're going to witness at work, If you got somebody you want to see saved, we've been, listen, the very first lesson, the very first chapter of the DMD group is this, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Before you can witness, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Before you can accomplish the Great Commission, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Before you can be pleasing to God, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Before you can be victorious over sin in your life, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. If you are led by the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Filled with the Spirit. That means controlled. It means controlled. I'm not saying indwelled by the Spirit. I'm talking about being filled by the Spirit. The moment you are saved, you are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. But there are days in your life that you need to ask God to fill you. He needs to control you. You need to submit to his authority. You need to submit to his leadership in your life and submit to his direction in your life. And he will fill you. He will control you. He will guide you. And you can't do the great commission and the responsibility and the purpose you have of child of God without the Holy Spirit. Do you know what we're finding? I I mean, technically, technically, we haven't even got to the chapter to learn how to tell our story yet. Or chapter 3, where we learn to tell God's story, which is basically the gospel. We haven't even got to that part. We've been just learning about being submissive to the Holy Spirit in our life being filled with the Holy Spirit in our life. And you know what's happening? You know what's happening in that little group? God's showing a lot of us stuff we don't like. And God is getting stuff out of us by the leadership of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is showing us things in our life that doesn't need to be there, that needs to get out. Preacher, what are you saying? I mean, we technically haven't even got into the juicy part, and God's working on all of us. And you know what? That might be what's wrong with a lot of us. That might be why we're not witnessing. We've got too much garbage in our life. One testified this. He said he found out this week that the Holy Spirit doesn't like Metallica. Mm-hmm. He probably don't like having what y'all listening to either. It's amazing how personal that the Holy Spirit will get when you really get serious with him. 
He'll invade every part of your life. He wants all of you, not some of you. You don't have a church life and a home life and a work life. It's all the same. And the Holy Spirit will guide you. We have our I will statement. And, and I'm going to tell on my daughter. I'm going to tell on my daughter. Uh, I won't tell you which one it is, but you'll probably guess anyway. Uh, but I've got a daughter that is a professional smart aleck. <clears throat> I'm, I'm talking about, I mean, she is gifted. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about naturally gifted. She has the skills from, it is amazing how sharp she can be and how quick with it she can be. I mean, just, just like a professional. Well, the Holy Spirit's been working on her with her mouth. And, and so her I will was this. I will allow the Holy Spirit to control me and to keep me in my mouth. And so I, I forgot about what the I will is. About three days into this thing, and that week, I'm, I'm, I'm messing with her. I mean, because I, I, I enjoy picking on her. She picks on me, I pick on her. And, man, I was really ribbing her good. And just, just I, I, I mean, I, I, had some, I had some great stuff, man. I mean, that was, I was just impressed with it. And, I, boy, I was, I was ready, too. I was expecting a really good comeback, and she never said a word. A word. I'm like, what? I said, man, you are you. You're getting you're getting weak in your old age. What's wrong with you? She said, the Holy Spirit is controlling me. <laughs> Shh. You know what? Maybe, maybe we don't need to talk about witnessing yet. Maybe we just need to focus on being filled with the Holy Spirit. How many of y'all needed God to touch your mouth this week? See? God has showed me some things about myself I don't like. It'll change your life. I'm telling you, it will change your life when you get serious with God. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you. And and let me just say this. Let me just say this. I asked asked in the DMD class, I said, uh, did you see a difference? The same daughter. I said, was your life different? Was your week different when God kept your mouth? She said, oh, yeah. She said there was about three different situations that I would have. And when I didn't, this was her testimony. There was so much less drama that I would have had to deal with simply because I was obedient to the Holy Spirit. And I said, rock on, sister. And if you're in DMD and you're you're worried about me telling yours up here, I'm not. It's just my kids. I can do it. (laughs) And I know she's not going to care. Listen, you have the Holy Spirit to witness. You can't do it without God. Don't. Why do you think Jesus told them, so emphatically commanding them, 
Don't start, don't do anything till he comes. Because he knew you can't do this without God. You can't do it without his power. And all God's people see it. So what's the first thing we learn from Acts chapter number 1? We have a purpose, we have a person, we have a power, but, but, most importantly, number one, don't, come on, say it with me, don't, number two, look in verse six, look in verse six, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Now, let's talk about that just a second. They were ready and they were looking for that physical kingdom that they had heard about their entire life from the Old Testament prophets. They were ready for Jesus to establish it, to set it up, uh, to be the king now, uh, to get rid of Rome. Uh, They were going to rule and reign with him. They were all excited about it. They were thinking physical kingdom. Okay, they were thinking right then, it's going to be, we're ready now. He's resurrected. They tried to kill him. They didn't win. We won. Here we go. And Jesus knows this. And he says, listen, you don't need to worry about that. That's not, that's not any of your concern right now. That's not any of your concern. You've got a job to do. What's that job, folks? What's that job? Witnessing. Now, let me apply this. Let me apply this to today. Do you know there's people running up and down the highways going to this conference and that conference going to this prophetic teacher and that prophetic teacher trying to figure out when Jesus is coming back? They're studying prophecy. They're burning up their computers on the internet trying to figure out the signs of the times. And they haven't gone one single time across the street and tell somebody about Jesus. But they are proud of their prophetical knowledge and the prophetical teaching and the prophetical conferences they've got. And they have no idea. You need to quit looking. You need to quit looking for when he's coming and start looking for who he's coming for. It is very easy. It is very easy in our humanity to get distracted from what we are supposed to be doing. I mean, it's like, it's like the modern church has got ADHD. Have you noticed that, that, that the church, when I say the church, I'm talking about as a whole in America, the true church of God. That, man, they're so distracted. They've got social issues going on. They've got social justice they're trying to talk about. Not only that, they're arguing with everybody in the world, and they've got to meet over here and have... Hey, listen, they are so distracted that they're not witnessing Do you know what? If they'll just start witnessing, they won't have time to get distracted. You know the stuff I've worried about? You know the stuff I've worried about a lot that's probably having, it's caused me to have to go to doctors and take medicine and all kind of stuff? I haven't thought about none of that stuff. All I've thought about is Anna needs to get saved. And I'm thinking today, this afternoon, the young lady I met at the store today, she said she didn't know Christ. She needs to get saved. I'm going back to both of them. Listen, when's the last time you thought about who needs to get saved? And we're burdened about it to the point it bothers you. Where's our burden? Where's our tears? Amen. We get distracted. We get distracted. Listen, don't go without God. Number two. Come on. What I put beside it. 
And we all got them, don't we? Our own agendas. Don't get distracted. Listen, he doesn't have to really fight what you're doing if he can get you to do something else. Let me say that again because that was good. He doesn't have to fight what you are doing if he can just get you to do something else. And by the way, it's not, it's not that y'all out robbing banks or anything. It's not that we're out pillaging, the, the, you know, raping and pillaging the, the communities. No, we can get distracted with good stuff. Is Christ's kingdom on this earth, is that going to be a good thing? Man, that's going to be a great thing. So, so what they were distracted by was not a bad thing. But it wasn't the right thing at the time. It's kind of like a Mary and Martha deal, right? Was serving food important? Was preparing and all of that and getting ready for the, 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 the crowd she had? Was that important? Yes. But it wasn't the most important. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So number one, don't. Number two, don't. Come on, everybody. Don't. Number three, don't forget your, your purpose. Ye shall be. Come on, everybody. Ye shall be witnesses. No matter where you're at, you're witnesses. Two, two of the people, maybe, maybe more, maybe more. I, I have to get more details on it. But two that I know of of the people that's trusted Christ since DMD outside the church was on the work, the work site, the job site. Now you say, why are you, why are you making a big deal or an emphasis about that? It wasn't door-to-door soul winning. It wasn't door-to-door soul winning. Okay, now I'm, I'm going to make a point here. I'm going to make a point here. The Great Commission, what's the first word in the Great Commission? Go, right? Now, if you study that word out and that phrase out, it means as you are going. As you are going. Now, when we think of soul winning, when we think of soul winning or witnessing, we think, okay, we meet at the church and we get some coffee and some donuts and, and then we, we pair up and then we, this is how I grew up. All right, we'd, we'd get visitor cards from Sunday, right? All the first time visitors that came on Sunday and then we would come and then we'd go visit them on Tuesday. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Tell them you grew up like me, right? Or you had a soul winning night, maybe, maybe Wednesday, maybe Tuesday, whatever it is. You'd pile up and all those that were willing to go door to door and knock on doors and, and take. That is not the Great Commission. Although those are ministries and I'm not speaking against them. That's great and that's wonderful. But the Great Commission is taking, is taking and teaching the process that as you go, not just the ones that show up on Tuesday night, but every single child of God, as you go to work, as you go to school, as you go to the market. In other words, everywhere you go, you're supposed to be witnesses of, of Christ. Does, does that make sense? Does that make sense? You understand what I'm saying? As you are going, so people are going to get saved in the market. People are going to get saved at the store. People are going to get saved at the school. People are going to get saved at the ball field, at the, at the gym. As you are We just wait for people to get saved in the church house. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Technically, technically, if we want to get really, 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 really biblical, 
You're supposed to be winning them out there and bringing them to me to edify. Sheep reproduce. How's that going to happen? As you are. How many of y'all going to go to the market? Y'all ain't all starving. Don't even start that with me. How many of y'all going to a restaurant? Come on. I love this. Yes, I'm challenging you right now. How many of y'all are going somewhere besides this church building in your house? Raise your hand. That's where you're supposed to take the gospel. And you know what? There's an amazing thing going to happen when y'all start doing it. If you do, people are going to get saved. You know why? Because everywhere you go, there's broken people. Everywhere you go, we're learning this. We're learning this in DMD. People, there's, there's people out there called pre-Christians. Pre-Christians. You know what that means? God's already working on them. The Holy Spirit is already drawing them. You see, they've got crisis in their life and tragedies in their life and they're looking for hope and they're looking for help and the Holy Spirit's already working on them and they're just waiting for somebody to offer them some hope. Does the Bible not say be ready always to give an answer to any man that asks you of the reason of the what? Hope. hope. Do you have hope? I said, do you have hope? Who have you shared it with lately? Ready. Tell them. Oh, but preacher. Oh, but preacher. No, it's your purpose. You can't run from it. You can't hide from it. Man, we read the book of Acts and we wonder, man, this is unbelievable. Just, oh, oh, ignorant. The Bible says they looked at him as unlearned and ignorant men. They had never been to seminary. They had never been to all the great schools. They had never had all of that stuff. But yet they turned the world upside down. You know why? They knew their purpose. And everywhere they went, they told it. Everywhere they went, they talked about Jesus. Come here, Steve. Yeah, you, come on. Come here. We only got one point left. We got five minutes. I believe I can get it. Come on over here. That's my buddy. Been my buddy for a long time. Steve, would you say that D&D's changed your life? Yes, without a doubt, without a doubt. Would you say that, that God got some stuff out of you? For sure. Oh, he's been chiseling away for about three weeks now. A lot, of, a lot of hatred? A lot of hatred. A lot of hatred. Bad stuff? Bitterness, wicked. I mean, just eat up with it. Have you been telling people about Jesus? Everywhere I go. Everywhere I go. You got somebody with you today that you told? Well, he just heard me talking about Jesus. <laughs> you know? Is the Holy Spirit still not like Metallica? No. No. <laughs> no. Like that banjo, though. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> you throw that Metallica away? Yes, sir. Hey, let me, let me tell you something. I, don't you? Don't, I thought you were leaving. You stay right here. Steve, yesterday, and I hope you let me, you don't care if I say this. Uh, Two weeks ago, two weeks ago, 
Steve had tears in his eyes. Broken. And his I will, we, we, we listen to the Lord, we read the scripture, we listen to the Lord, and we, we say, I will this week. And, and we do what the Holy Spirit has spoke to us about. I said, Steve, what's your I will? And he said, I will repent. Broken. The following week, which was this past Sunday, he was glowing. I'm talking about glowing, smiling. I mean glowing to the point if I didn't know he was a dude, I'd think he was pregnant. I mean, he's glowing. (laughs) Am I right? He said, man, God has shown me. I get up talking about Jesus. I go to bed talking about Jesus. Man, the Holy Spirit's giving me a glimpse of glory. And, and man, you can see it all over him. He said, God's got that hate out of my life. Yesterday, he brought me a deck of cards. Not any ordinary deck of cards. This deck of cards was the deck of cards that was given out to our our U.S. military during the war in Iraq that had all of the top Al-Qaeda members and, and, and all of those that we were hunting down, Hussein, every one of them, represented the enemy. Really, we, we mask it in patriotism, but it represented hate. And he brought them to me and said, this is hate. And I've got to get it out of my life. And I said, hey, burn it. He said, I don't want it. You take it. <laughs> what is that? It's the Holy Spirit. Because you can't do this without God. Listen. 15 years I've been spitting and sputtering and had never got off the ground because of that hatred. That little bit of hatred. 15 years, how long I've been here. And God changed it, didn't he? Just like that. I'm talking about just like that. Give God praise and glory. All right. All right. Number four. Number one. Let's, let's, let's review real quick. We got one minute and 18 seconds. Number one. Come on. Number two. Say it again. Number three. Say it again. Number four. Say it again. Say, where are we getting that from? Jesus tells them what they're supposed to be doing. Jesus says you have power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. The Lord uh, Father has sent his cloud down. His son stepped on the cloud and stepped out and went on to glory. And they're standing there like, Well, how would you be? Man leaves this earth and just goes on up into heaven. How would you be looking? Right? And so they're just gazing like, wow. And the angel comes back and says, what are you doing? Why stand ye here gazing into heaven? Basically saying, he done told you what to do. The one that left, he's coming like in the same manner. Get to it. Why stand ye 
gazing into heaven. I want to ask you this. Six seconds left. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Everybody in the balcony, in the balcony. What are you waiting on? Why are you gazing around? You got a job to do. How many of y'all seen, how many of y'all seen the, 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 I don't know what you call it, the picture that Temple posted for the Bible study tonight on Facebook? You remember what the title was called? Anybody? Well, that's done us a lot of good. <laughs> it's not a job. It's an... Say it again. It's not a... It's... I want to invite you to join us on this adventure. In the morning, ask the Holy... And by the way, too, this was another funny... This is, this is a Steve classic. I said sometimes throughout the day you have to you have to, you you've already prayed early in the morning and say Lord fill me control me control my word sometimes throughout the day I'll pray and and it, it'll be eleven o'clock or one o'clock and I say Lord fill me fill me invite him to touch me and control me again and 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 Steve I, I'm sorry I got to tell you this because this was hilarious Steve said I didn't know you could do it twice in one day. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Hey, how many of you know that there's some days you need it three or four times a day? In the morning. In the morning, I challenge you. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. Say, God, control me tonight. Control me. And he may get some stuff out of you. He may keep your mouth shut, which could be a blessing. He may lead you, watch this now, watch this. He may lead you to somebody who's struggling bad, who needs to hear, watch this, your story. And all God's people say it. Listen, this is just the intro. This is just an intro. I promise you, you will have work to do next week. (laughs) They will be blanks, amen? Is it color too? Is it black and white? At least it's black and white, amen? All right, all right. Listen, don't forget, don't forget, if you're planning on, uh, 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 Becca, she already left, she already went over there. Uh, at 411, if you're planning on going on the, on the Israel trip in January or December, I've got a packet for you. Uh, stop by 411 and pick it up, please. Don't forget, it's really important because the deadline for, the, for the, the deposits are coming up, so you need to make sure and do that. Uh, how many of y'all will help me pray for Anna and the young lady that I, I, I met today? Will you, will you help me do that? And I know there's many others. You're praying for somebody too, but hey, let's pray. I don't know if y'all can feel it or not, but God's moving. God's moving. I mean, we're in the dead of summer, and we're having some of our biggest crowds. God's pleased with people going after people. Amen. You think he cares about his kingdom getting full? Amen. So, so let's, let's, let's just be obedient. Lord Jesus, thank you for the privilege and the honor it is to, Lord, just have